0: Well, tonight, again, I'm going to continue on talking again on this message by my spirit. And I've been taking this from the book of Zechariah. And over in the book of Zechariah, we know the story over there where Zerubbabel was... A Um, He had started building the temple in the sense that he had laid the foundation, but they had run into opposition, and it was years and years and years, and there's this huge mountain that was before them. But you know what? The answer came through Zechariah, the prophet who came and spoke into that situation and said that it wouldn't be by might, and it wouldn't be by power that this mountain would be removed, and that the capstone would go on, which was the finished stone. It wouldn't be by might, it wouldn't be by our ability, but it would be by my spirit, says the Lord. Lord, and and we learned something from that that is really important because what the the word came forward was to speak into that situation, you had to speak grace, grace. And you know what? The Holy Spirit's power is mighty and it's mighty in our lives, and but. Where the Holy Spirit really goes into action in our lives is when we understand the grace of God. And I'm going to show again this here this evening. That is where the Holy Spirit is moving. The Holy Spirit is moving in the arena of grace. That's what he's backing. Amen. So uh, I'm going to just get straight into this this evening because of um, uh, a lot that I'm going to try and cover this week and next week and the following week as well. Of a lot of things that I want to talk still um, in this in this subject. But but you know what? So um, you know, many of you know like there's secret sauces and secret ingredients in the world. You know what? You know it's like Coca-Cola. Okay, Coca-Cola have a secret in ingredients and it is so secret that there's only a few people who know it in the world. Even people that are in the company, high up in the company, don't even know the secret to Coke's recipe. And actually, I, I was looking at it, it's, it's actually cap in a vault. Over in Atlanta, Georgia, where Coke's headquarters is, it's kept underground in a vault. Then it's monitored 24 hours a day with sensors and everything. And it's all of this stuff, you know, where you have to put a handprint up and look into you know, all of that kind of stuff to get into the vault. And there's only a few people that actually have access to this ingredient. Do you know why? Because it's sought after. It's what you call their secret formula. And everybody's looking for the secret formula. It's like um, KFC's another one. Um, KFC, you know, they say that the the secret formula is only made up of 11 herbs and spices. What they use. But nobody knows how they mix it and how they use it and what way they apply it to their chicken. And um, they actually got a new vault a while back. And they had um, the recipe moved from one location to the other. And how they moved it was, it was put in a steel briefcase with somebody with a chain to their arm. And then it was like, you know, security bringing this secret formula to the next location. But when it went into the next location, it was like Fort Knox. And these formulas are put away into a hidden vault because they are so precious. But you know what I'm going to look on I'm going to get to it tonight hopefully that's where I'm going with this I'm going to get to it tonight but you know what Paul the apostle had a secret formula although it's not so secretive because he made it open to us. But it was it was a, a recipe, or you could say his sauce. What was it that Paul applied to his life that caused him to be a powerful man of God that made such a huge difference for Paul to come and actually impact his world? And we're going to look at that tonight because we're, we're seeing, what we're looking at over these couple of weeks is really this, that the Holy Spirit is powerful and he wants to move in our lives. But we have to be moving in the arena of grace for the Holy Spirit to move, amen, because that's what he's backing, and that's what I'm going to get down to, and really when we get down to the apostle Paul, I'm heading there, and I'll hopefully um, throw out a, a wee teaser tonight at the end, just so that we can get sucked into this, and see that, that this is what Paul did in his life, Paul, it is no accident that Paul is called the apostle of grace, no accident. And you know what? If we want to have God move mightily in our lives, which he wants to do, I tell you, God loves us and God loves people and God wants to move in people's lives. But you know what? Where God is moving is in the arena of the unmerited favor of God. And if you think you deserve or have to do something to merit from God, it's actually like stopping the flow of God in our lives and the power of God from moving in our lives because God does not move whenever we bring our goodness to him. God moves in the arena of grace. Amen. And here's the reality of it. It's, it grace is already there. It's already, you know what it's like? It's like a river that is constantly moving. It's already there. We don't have to produce the power of God, the ability of God, the provision of God, the goodness, any of those things we don't have to, you know, we don't have to um, produce it. That river is already flowing. Okay. All we do is, through faith, it's like as if we we, 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 um, Make a, make a wee lean in it through faith to allow what's in God's grace that's already there to come to us and so that's what faith is faith, faith is, doesn't produce anything faith receives Faith receives from that river of grace that's already there. You understand? It's already flowing. So God's goodness is always abounding towards us. Now when I think of that, I I think of a tidal wave coming at me. I just think of God's goodness. Just overweight because it's abounding. It'll swamp you you if you get in the road of it and just let that grace overtake you. That's why the grace of God is designed to cause you to abound in life. You know, it's abounding towards you so that when you receive it, it'll cause you to abound in life. That's what it's for. And so grace is God's supply, provision, everything that he has freely given to us. Now, if we try to earn that, it's just like we're putting up a dam and not allowing that river and that flow and that title we have to come to us. Anytime we come to God with our goodness, it's a cutoff point. When we come to God with our holiness, and I'm not saying don't live holy. Holiness is good in our everyday life. It's good dealing with people and stuff like that. But if you bring it to God, trying to earn from God, it's a filthy rag to God. Amen. It's a filthy rag to him. We we said actually last week it's like that dog or that cat that goes out and kills you know a, a dead rod or something and gets a rod, kills it, and brings that dead rod up to your house and it's coming there with a head wagon thinking it's you know it's done something wonderful and you're going to be really pleased with it and you're like get that filthy thing away from me and that's the way we can be when we come to God with our goodness. It's actually a cutoff point because God is not flowing in that arena. God flows in humility and that's because we when we come and humble ourselves saying God I need you God it's all you it's all Jesus it's not me It's all you, but I just receive. I'm humble enough to receive from you. I'm not going to come bringing you all of my goodness. I'm going to come acknowledging I need Jesus. And that's where the grace of God flows. It flows in the arena of grace in our lives. Amen. So I, I want to see more of the power of God in my life. I want to see more of God's hand on my life. I want people to recognize that God's moving in my life, but that will not happen in my strength, and it will not happen in my ability. It'll only happen by my spirit, says the Lord, but the Holy Spirit will move in my life and your life. But you know how you get them moving? Just stay in grace. Amen. that's That's where we need to be. And I believe the greatest move of God that this planet has ever seen is yet to come. But I believe it's going to be on the tidal wave of grace. And I'm just getting my surfboard out, and I'm going to stay on grace, and I'm going to ride that thing in. And it's full of signs and wonders and miracles and provision, and everything's going to come in the arena of grace. God wants to do it, and His signature will be all over it. And we'll all stand back and say it wasn't us. it wasn't us; it had to be God. Amen. That's how you'll know it was a move of God. There's a lot of people have talked about so-called moves of God over the years, but I tell you what: there's the best is yet to come. Amen. And there's been some so-called moves of God that haven't changed people's lives. Have just been people shaking and all the rest of it. And I'm not against a lot of things entirely. But I'm just saying there's a lot of people that want to get into to, to things we, we, where you, 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 you didn't even know why God was in it. it. It was confusing. But I'm telling you, when God moves, it will not be confusing. We'll know God was in it. We'll know God moved, changed people's lives. People will change. There'll be people set free. People's lives will be totally turned around. Amen. And that's what I'm believing God for. But you know what? I'm hungry for it. And I believe this is a key to seeing God move in our lives. Amen. Um, um, let me just I'm just going to call out a couple of things here for a moment. And then I have, I have several scriptures that will go along as we go along in this as well. But you know, let me, let me just show this here. I have referred to this, but I need to, I need to make it plain tonight. Everything that God does in our life in the new covenant, I can tell you it's all by the grace of God. Everything. Even the time period that we live in, it's called the dispensation of the grace of God. That means something. So that means God's moving in this generation, in our lives, based on the grace of God. We don't need to be under law in this generation. We need to be under grace. And it's confusing for many people when you say that because people think you're throwing caution to the wind. No, as I talk tonight, I'll show you that the Holy Spirit moving in our life will do a far better job than the Ten Commandments could ever do in our lives. The, the Ten Commandments can tell you what to do, but only the Holy Spirit can empower you to change. So, so it's, it's, it's a superior, the new covenant is superior the old covenant, it was, you know, law. The new covenant, it, it talks about over in, Galat- or in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It'll always liken it to it as the dispensation of the Spirit. It's the, dispens- the dispensation where God is moving in our lives in righteousness. Amen. And where Jesus is the center. But the old covenant is a dispensation of condemnation. It'll minister death to us. The new covenant will minister life to us. They're completely different. So, um, praise God. But, you know, here's, here's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives And again, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, we need to talk about the Holy Spirit. But many times people, um, we we surround ourselves around the Holy Spirit. But no, we were meant to surround ourselves around Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is here to magnify Jesus. But you have to talk about his work and what he does. And no, because he's the power of God. He's the one working in the background. He's like the wind. You'll see the effect of him, but he doesn't want to be seen. He wants Jesus to be seen. He'll move in people's lives, but it'll always bring glory back to Jesus. He came to glorify Jesus. Jesus said that himself. But um, but you need to talk about him. And I want to have the impact of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because Jesus said it was more necessary for him to go away so that the Holy Spirit would come. And that up until now, he has been with you, but he's going to be in you. And you, you, want, you want to walk in the benefit of what... You, if Jesus said it is more expedient that he went away, well then, and the Holy Spirit would come, well then, we need to really embrace what the Holy Spirit's ministry is to our lives. Amen. Um, but here, let me he say this here, that the new birth, how does it come about in our lives? Many would say the Holy Spirit is heavily involved in the new birth absolutely we couldn't change ourselves but you know again it's like the new birth as well the Bible says in Ephesians um, chapter 2 it says that by grace you're saved through faith okay we're saved by grace through faith it comes through faith you have to reach out and receive it but you know what What I'm saying is this if you come to God um, in salvation and bring your works to God what will you receive nothing do you know why? Because that's not where God's flowing. But if you come to God in grace, understanding that Jesus did it all for you, do you know what? The Holy Spirit goes in to work there and recreates your spirit. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. In other words, what I'm trying to show is this when there's grace, the Holy Spirit can move. Okay? You just think and I, I want to show this here because it's important to see it. Because I want to see the Holy Spirit moving in my life. But if you want to see the Holy Spirit moving in your life, you need to stand in the arena of the grace of God. Amen. Um, John chapter 1, it says there are as many as received him. Do you see, that's grace. grace. It didn't say as many as come with their works become sons of God. As many as live a holy life or live a good life. No, you have to just receive Jesus. And as many as receive him, they The power is there for us to be made the sons of God. Amen. And the daughters of God. Um, Titus 3 and verse 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us and washed us with the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's letting you know the Holy Ghost is heavily involved in the new birth. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. Amen. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. You have to be born again. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. Yeah, there has to be an experience. But that experience can only happen by the Holy Spirit in our lives in grace. Because it's by grace are you saved. I'm just trying to show every work of God in our lives always has a grace foundation. So if it works for salvation, the Bible says, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him. If it took the grace of God to get saved, it takes the grace of God for everything in our lives. Amen. It's that's, that's, that's just a simple principle. Um, your holiness can't save you. Your goodness can't save you. In actual fact, it's a blockage. It stops the Holy Spirit from doing what He desires to do in your life, but you have to receive grace. Amen. You know, if we preached holiness for salvation, no one would get saved. Yet we preach holiness for everything else. Many times. You have to be holy to have a move of God. You have, you, if it doesn't work for salvation, why would it work for any work of the Holy Spirit? Do you understand what I'm saying tonight? Amen. Um, and 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, it's, it talks there about, you know, we're baptized into one body. That's by one spirit, by the Holy Spirit. He baptizes into the body of Christ. Um, John 20, verse 22, it says, Jesus breathed on the disciples after he was raised from the dead and he said, receive you. Notice the terms there, receive you, the Holy Spirit. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. You can. And that was the new birth for those disciples. But you know what? Here's the reality of it. In a new birth, it's a gift. Yeah. What Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God that is here before you, you would ask me for living water. Amen. If you knew the gift, I'm a gift to you. You know you can't earn what Jesus came to give you. You have to freely receive. Freely you receive, freely give. Everything is everything in, in, in this dispensation is given to us freely. We don't earn anything from God. We have to get that earning mentality away and get back to grace, which is unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor in our lives. That's the way God wants a move in our lives. But the problem is many times we think we deserve it or we think we have to deserve it. And that stops the move of God in our lives. Amen. Now, let, me, let me look again at this here. And again, I'm just getting, I'm get going somewhere with this. But again, it's the, I want to look at the baptism in the Holy Spirit as well here. And I just want you to see every one of these things are gifts. You know, I, I've heard a thought before that you have to be holy to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I, I thank God I was never brought up under that. Uh, you know what, I got, I got a lot of good teaching. But there's a lot of people were taught this, that you have to tarry for the Holy Ghost. Or you have to be, you have to be holy because the Holy Spirit will not fill a, di- a dirty vessel. The reality of it is, is none of us are perfect. And if you want your life to change, it would be better having the Holy Spirit in the baptism in the Holy Spirit in your life than not having because he'll help you change. So you need the Holy Spirit in the new birth. There's another dimension of the Holy Spirit called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And again, I want you to see just the terms that are used for this. This is a gift. So if you, if you try to earn the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it'll never come. That's why some people don't receive, because they think they're not good enough. So they think, I, I couldn't receive that, because that's, only for, that's for the super-duper Christians. No, it's for everybody. Anybody that's a believer can receive this wonderful gift. Um, everybody in the upper room received the baptism in the Holy Spirit by the grace of God. Every one of them. There wasn't one perfect person in that upper room. Amen? Not one. They all receive by grace. Look, I just wanted you to see these terms here. and I'll go through this um, quickly. Look at verse 8 there. It says, but you shall receive power. Notice that. You receive power. You don't earn it. Jesus didn't say, now you have to all be good enough to, receive, to, to, to earn this. No, he says, all you have to do is receive power. Amen. You receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And again, you have to receive the Holy Ghost. You don't earn him. Amen? Why? Because the Holy Spirit is moving in the arena of grace. Yeah? Look in um, um, Acts 2 verse 38 there. It says, Then Peter said unto them, this was on the day of Pentecost after he had preached, but it says, He said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift. Look at that term. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this gift is, is promised unto you and to your children and to them that are afar off. That was us. Amen. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call, anybody can receive this gift. People said that the, that the baptism in the Holy Spirit was only for the apostles. It's not. It's for as many that were afar off. Any one of us can receive this gift. Amen. Amen. It was a gift to us. But again, here's the terms. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have to see these things because that's grace. Grace is freely given. Grace is not earned. Grace, grace is a gift. Amen. And again, when you hear this here, it's these things just drop after a while. And you go, well, yeah, God's moving in my life in the arena of grace. Why am I trying to earn from God? Why am I trying to deserve? God's given me out of his goodness. I could never earn from God. I could never be good enough to merit from God. Thank God for grace. And do you know what? It takes the pressure off. And you can enjoy your Christian life. We're designed to receive from God, not to earn from God. Amen. Um, Acts 10. This was um, Cornelius and his family and his near friends, Gentiles, that received um, the new birth and then also got baptized in the Holy Spirit. But look what it said here. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Um, which heard the word and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished and as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out look at this the gift of the Holy Ghost it just was poured out on them do you know what they just received and they received the, the new birth and the baptism in the Holy Spirit just like just one after another and we know they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit why? because we heard them speak with tongues and magnify God Amen? People say tongues passed away. Well, tongues was just for the apostles. Well, here's a bunch of Gentiles receiving it. I tell you, if, the, new, if, the, if the, the, the first century believers needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I tell you, we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Um, this was Peter explaining this event then afterwards in Acts 11 verse 15. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost for as much then as God gave them, look at this, the like gift as he did unto us. See, he knew it was the same gift because they said, this is what we received. And they recognized this gift. But I want you to see the terms here again. It is a gift. Um, in Acts 8 and verse 12, this is when Philip went to Samaria and he preached Christ. And the people there received Jesus and they, they, they ended up being water baptized. So they were born again. They received Jesus. They received what Philip, t- uh, what Philip talked in Samaria about Jesus Christ. What did he preach? He preached about you had to receive Jesus. And these people received Jesus. Word got back to Jerusalem. And they sent down from Jerusalem. and um, Peter and John. To, to get them baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they, they, this is so clear. There's two experiences here of the Holy Spirit. These people got born again, but I'm, I'm trying to, to skip past the, the nitty gritty of that because I just want to get down to this and, and, and look down in verse 15. It says, Who when they were come down, they prayed for them. These are these people that just got saved and just got baptized. They're born again, they have experienced a new birth. But then Peter came and prayed for them that they might receive what? The Holy Ghost. Do you see, there was another dimension. The new birth, the Holy Spirit comes in you. The, The baptism in the Holy Spirit, he comes upon you with power. You shall be endued with power from on high. Amen. But I want you to see the term again. That they might receive the Holy Ghost. Every work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is received as a gift. Amen. And you see, the Holy Spirit's moving in the arena of grace. If you come to earn, it cuts off. Or you have to come and just say, I receive. I receive it. That's for me. I see it. I receive. Amen. It's for me. I receive. And it says, and they, and they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. They didn't have to earn. Peter and John didn't come down and say, how good are you guys? And all of this kind of stuff. They, they needed the Holy Spirit. Um, Look over here in Luke 11. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole thing here, but we know that where the Bible talks about knock and seek and, and you shall find. Look down here in verse um, in verse uh, um, 13. It says, If you then be an evil or carnal, natural Dads, It's talking about here. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? You see several things here. But the Holy Ghost, all you have to do is ask and receive. That's all you do. You just ask the father. I need the Holy Spirit. And you see something else. Uh, An earthly father will not give you an evil gift. Unless he's a psycho. But and normally, fathers are good to their kids. They look after their kids. They love their kids. They'd give them anything they'll go without so that their kids can have. That's just the way dads are. But do you know what? How many know we have a good father? Amen. And when you ask a father for the Holy Ghost, he's not going to give you something evil. And all you have to do is ask. And receive the Holy Ghost is received. Um, again over here, John um, seven, and you can read this down. But this was Jesus, you know, on that great day of the feast that he he stood up and he says, "If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink." He that believes on me, I want you to know that Jesus qualifies you for the Holy Ghost, and Jesus qualifies you for everything. We need to get back to Jesus. We we should preach Jesus so much that we realize. He did it all. He's freely given us everything. And all we have to do is receive. We should become great receivers of God's goodness in our lives. Great receivers of every gift that he's given to us. So when it comes to the new birth, don't be prideful. Don't think, oh, I'm I'm, I'm not good enough. Or, you know what, I've messed up my life. No, God has a great gift for you. It's called salvation. Just receive. Amen. Amen. Just receive. I'm saying oh, I'm not good enough or it's too long or I've missed it. No, it's for you. Just receive. He wants you to have it. It would be ignorant not to take a good gift when somebody's offering it to you. They're, they want you to have it. or saying, take it. I want you to have it. It's just like in the Lord's table, Jesus saying, this is my body. What's broken for you, take it. Would you just take what I've done for you? And then stop trying to earn it and just take it. That's what he's saying. You know, and the same with the Holy Ghost. Just take what he's... Take it. It's a gift. I want every gift that's available to me. Amen? And it says here... um, he that believes on me, as the scripture does say out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit which they had not believed on him, or that, which they that believe in him should receive. So it was future. Jesus is saying they hadn't received yet because the Holy Spirit wasn't sent. But this is the gift that I'm talking about here. And this is the gift you should receive. Amen. So I want you to see that the Holy Spirit qualifies you. Or Jesus qualifies you for the Holy Spirit. In other words, that is grace. Everything comes by the grace of God. Here's another work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit. Do you know, this is where we start to see these qualities worked out in our lives. Do you know, the book of Galatians is all about law and grace. It's all about law and grace and the flesh versus the Spirit. And what it's shown here is that the flesh can never produce in you what God himself can produce in you never uh, anything that the flash can produce is a counterfeit Amen. I may know the flash can do good yeah but it's a counterfeit good it'll never be good enough it doesn't say we shouldn't do good for others but the flash can never produce God's good in our lives never it's a counterfeit and what Paul was saying to these people in the book of Galatians, you have got off of the grace of God and you've went back to the flesh. Now you're trying to produce what only the Holy Spirit can produce in your life. And is it any it's no accident that the, the fruit of the Spirit is right bang in a book that's all about the grace of God. Do you know what? When you put yourself under the grace of God, the Holy Spirit starts to work out these qualities in your life. This is how this comes. You don't have to produce it. How many of you know there's a difference between work and fruit? Work is produced. It's something you labor at. It's something you produce. But you see fruit? Fruit just comes from being connected to something that's living. And it just comes out through you. That's why the Bible says that, you know what? Jesus is the vine and you're the branches. You don't have to struggle to produce when you just stay connected to the vine. You just stay connected and the life of the vine will flow through you. And you know, many times people say, well, if I come out from underneath the law, what will make me holy or what will keep me holy? Well, do you not think the Holy Spirit can do a better job in our lives? You see, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us because we needed him. And I can tell you when the Holy Spirit moves in, he can do a far better job in your life. Amen. A far better job in your life than what the Ten Commandments could ever do in your life. As I said, the Ten Commandments can tell you what not to do. But only the Holy Spirit moving in can empower us to do it. That's that's where the fruit of the Spirit comes in in our lives. And this this is what it's saying here. Look in Galatians 5 here. And again, I'm just trying to show every one of these works operate in the arena of grace. You'll never have the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in your life as long as you're under the law. Amen. Now, it's, there's a lot of people who are under a bit of mixture. They have a wee bit of law and a wee bit of grace. And you'll start seeing some of these things. But when you allow the Holy Spirit, to, you really step away and say, Right, I'm going to just walk with Jesus every day. Again, as I'm saying, I'm not saying put your attention on the Holy Spirit, our attention. We look on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We look on to the grace of God. But when you stay in grace... You're allowing the Holy Spirit to minister this stuff in and through your life. That's how it works. Look, look here in Galatians 5 verse 18. It says here, but if you be laid off the Spirit, you're not, under, you're, not, you're not under the law. You can either be under the law and not have the Holy Spirit work in your life, or you can be under the Spirit, amen, and let Him work in your life. You can only be under one or the other. I, I think the Holy Spirit does a far better job. Amen. So you can either be under the, 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 the be led of the spirit, or you can be under the law which, which really you're doing it. So then it says, "Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, And it goes through all of these things, the works of the flesh. Now if I was spend time, a lot of time here to go through all of this, but I want to just get down to verse 22 that says, here, "But the fruit of the spirit, here's what the Holy Spirit will produce in your life, and it's far superior. See, a lot of people are afraid to teach grace. Do you know why? They're afraid that people will go and sin. That's why they're afraid. They're afraid if you teach on grace, you'll give people a license to sin. The reality of it is, is the only thing that'll truly start to change your life is grace. Amen? It's the power to change. Amen? It's the power to change. And I'll put it this way. It's organic. It's not not, um, something that you're putting on. It's not trying to do it. It's just organic. It's living in you. And so these qualities start to be produced in your life. Look look at this here. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Amen. Romans 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by who? The Holy Ghost. So only the Holy Spirit can start producing this stuff in our lives. Amen. Uh, It says the the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And look at this, against such there is no law. In other words, the law cannot produce this. The law cannot compete. There's no rules that can produce in you something living. Amen. See, you can tell someone, don't do this. But it's, it's something different when the Holy Spirit starts working in you. And you start wanting to do certain things because the Holy Spirit's moving in your life. Amen? It's superior. And it says here, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, if you needed the Holy Spirit to get this thing started in the new birth, well then why don't you let him continue his work in you? Why don't you let him live in and through you every day? That's what it's saying here. Amen? There's nothing can compete with the fruit of the Spirit. Here's another one I want to look at here as, as well. The gifts of the Spirit. Now this should be a, a, a giveaway because what are they called? The gifts of the Spirit. Don't, there's many times people say, you know, if you really want to move in the, in the Spirit, you need to start getting your life together and cleaning your life up if you want the gifts to operate in your life. Now again, I'm not saying live Willy nilly, and you know what? And and you know, you know, just throw caution. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that if if you think they're going to move in your life because of how holy you are, you're 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 not in the arena of grace. These operate in the arena of grace. These gifts. Joe, I I was um, myself and Donna. We were um, we were watching something today, and there was a, a girl there recently, and she was healed of blindness. And um, we were watching the video of it today. And but it, what what really impressed me was how the minister, who was ministering to her, how that he dealt with her. Do you know what he dealt with her in such love? And he did. You know what he did? He just brought Jesus to the forefront. And all he did was kept telling her, "Jesus wants you well. Jesus wants you to see." Do you know what he he, he created with his words a grace atmosphere? And then God moved. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, many times people will start giving people a few hoops to jump through. And get into lifestyle. And it stops the power of God. But this man was smart. He came and all he did was magnify Jesus. Just tell this person how much Jesus wanted them well. The healer wants you well. He didn't mention lifestyle. He didn't mention how holy she had to be or any of those things. He talked about how much the healer, how much Jesus loved her do you see that's what i'm saying god is moving in the arena of grace we need to create that atmosphere. Do you know what? Many times I've watched um, over the years, I've seen um, miracle crusades and different things. And, you know, you'd have seen Reinhard Bonnke and ministers like that that would have done these miracle crusades. And do you know what? Signs and wonders would have happened in their ministry. And I know that many times they have the gift of an evangelist and many times they're operating in the actual gifts of healings and miracles and stuff like that. But do you know what? Here's what those um, evangelists do. They have services and they create the whole atmosphere all around you. Jesus. That's why they sing songs um, that always magnify Jesus' name. And you, you listen to any of those. They don't, they're not preaching principles to the people. What they do is they tell the people how good Jesus is. And Jesus wants your life changed. He wants to save you. He wants to change your home. He wants to change your life. And what are they doing? They're magnifying Jesus. And then know what happens? The power of God flows. Do you know why? Because people get their eyes off of themselves. And they get it onto Jesus. And they come into an arena of grace. And once you're in the arena of grace. Do you know what? The Holy Spirit starts moving in that arena. And you start seeing people's lives changed. Because here's the reality of it. Nobody can heal themselves. Nobody can change themselves. You need the Holy Spirit to do it. But how do you do that? Put Jesus to the center. Magnify Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will go to work. That's how, that's how this works. So you, they'll, they'll sing the songs like Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus um, is the sweetest name I know, and he's just the same. They sing all of these songs about Jesus. You know what? I am the God that healeth thee, I am the Lord your healer. It, all, it's all about, and it, it creates an atmosphere of grace and faith. And what happens? Power happens. But do you know what happens many times? We tell people that you have to do X, Y, and Z before God will move in your life. And do you know what we're doing? We're stopping the power of God because God's not moving based on His grace. God's moving based on our performance. Do you understand? Amen? But what are these? These are grace gifts. They are called the, the, the gifts of the Spirit. The word gift there, you can trace it back over here. And you can trace it back, the gifts of the Spirit. Actually, I'll, I'll look at this here first. And um, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. It says, um, I would not have you ignorant. And notice what they're called, spiritual gifts. These are gifts of the Spirit. gift here is charis, which is grace. Do you know what do you want to see the gifts of the Spirit move. The best thing you can do is create an atmosphere of of the grace of God. Amen. And God will move. But do you know what? These are grace gifts that operate by the Spirit of grace in the arena of grace. That's powerful. It really is. Because I tell you what, I've, I've heard people talk along these li- lines. And, you know, if you want to be mo- moving the Spirit, you know what? They give you a bunch of rules that you have to keep. And all of the things that you have to stop not doing. And don't watch this and don't watch that. And, and I'm not saying throw caution to the wind. But God then is not moving in your life based on what He has done. He's moving based on what we do. And it's not a gift anymore. Yeah? Well, clean your life up and God will move. there's there's a lot of people like Paul the Apostle was a Pharisee and he was holier than any one of us put together in this room and yet he had no power in his life until he got saved and he started to live as an Apostle of grace and he lived by the grace of God Amen and Paul said I am what I am by what? the grace of God not because of anything that I do I am what I am by the grace of God I do what I do by the grace of God. I labor more than you all. But not I, but the grace that God has given me. And all I'm doing is yielding to grace. I stay in grace. I stay under grace. And God's doing this work in people's lives. But all I do is I just keep receiving. I'm receiving from that tidal wave that's coming at me. I'm receiving from that river of God's blessings. And all I'm doing is just receiving it into people's lives. And Paul couldn't take credit for any of it. There's a lot of people that are holy and have no power. Do you know what, if, power, if, if, holy, if holiness would produce um, power, there's been so many times that people have got into holiness. And I'm, again, I'm not saying don't be holy. The Bible tells us to be holy, but not for power, not to earn from God. Amen. There's people that, that will, that will um, every, every January, they pray all January. Every January, they'll fast all January for power, and power still doesn't come. Do you know why? Because power doesn't come by fasting, and power doesn't come by praying. But, but prayer is important. Prayer allows you to tap into what into that river. But don't try to produce it. By your prayer. Use prayer as an opportunity to receive from what God's doing. I tell you, God's moving. God and His grace is abounding towards us. We don't have to try and motivate God to do something. God's grace is flowing. What God's looking for people is they are going to receive and not try to earn the river. They'll just receive from it. And that's the difference. So many times people say, I'm going to fast in January and then God's going to move. And they they start off in works. Saying, we're going to do this and then God's going to do this. No. How's it about God has already done it? How's it about the, the river of blessing is already flowing towards us? Amen. Amen. So again, this is, this is um, spiritual gifts. Okay? They're grace gifts. Look at it. Look at, all you have to do is look in, uh, look in 1 Corinthians. This is the, 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 if you want to put it, the, the most unholy unho- church in the, in the Bible. <laughs> They were carnal as carnal could be. And yet Paul said here at the start, he, says, he, said, um, he said that they were sanctified in Christ. So I, w- I want you to know that, you know, I'm for holiness, but the first holiness I'm for is, you need to see yourself holy already in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You're created righteous and in true holiness. Your spirit, man, is holy. So they, do you, do you, look these, these people were carnal, and how does Paul deal with them in grace? That's how he dealt with them. And then verse 3, grace be unto you. This is a bunch of people that are fighting and arguing and doing different things. And how did Paul start? Grace be unto you. You're all sanctified in Christ. That's how he came. Ministering to these people. And then he said, I thank my God always. On your behalf that the grace of God which was given you. By who? Jesus Christ. you know what? Jesus Christ qualifies you. got ripped right into these guys. But I, I find this, every book Paul wrote, it starts in grace and it ends in grace. He says, grace unto you. And then he says, grace be with you. And do you know why? Because everything in between is meant to be done by the grace of God. It is not meant to be done by your performance. There's a supply for everything that's in between. And then he he goes on here to say, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God that is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him, not by yourself, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord. That's how he started talking to these guys. You know these guys came behind in no gift? They were using everything. God had all of the gifts. They had them out of whack a bit. But they were flowing. Do you know why they were flowing? Because even though these people weren't perfect, they were good receivers of God's grace. Amen? They weren't perfect, but they were good receivers of God's grace. And there was power flowing in their midst. Great things were happening. The gifts of the Spirit were happening. People were getting healed. People's lives were being changed. And these were well, what you would call unholy people. They would be what you would call carnal believers. And yet God still flowed in their midst. Why? Because God's not moving in our lives because of how good we are. He's moving in our lives because of how good he is. Amen. God loves us. Amen. It's powerful. That is the gospel. Can I just end with this here and I'll I'll close this evening. Let me look at this verse here. Because uh, again this is what I want to take up with next week. And just showing Paul's life. I'm going to be looking at the Apostle Paul himself next week. But as I said at the beginning, Paul had a secret ingredient. It's not really secret because he's, he, he, he blabbed it all to us. He told us all what his ingredient was. It's the grace of God. That's what I'm sharing here. Every, can you see that? that? The new birth is by grace. All you do is receive. The baptism is by grace. All you do is receive. The fruit of the Spirit is a work of the Holy Spirit. You receive it. And then the gifts of the Spirit... All of these are are qualities that operate in an arena of grace. And how do you do that? You magnify Jesus. When you magnify Jesus, grace is flowing. Because it's all about Him. Here, again, I'm not going to get into this in depth, but I just want to call this out tonight. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set before you, crucified among you? When Paul preached, do you know what he preached? He preached Jesus. He didn't preach performance, he preached Jesus. Yes. Amen. And then when you preach Jesus, you're talking about Jesus and his grace. That's the gospel. Okay? Look what happens. This is only what I learn of you. Look at this. Received you the Spirit. That's the new birth. Do you know you received the new birth? Received you the new birth by the works of the law or by what? The hearing of faith. Do you know what? You received the greatest gift. you know how you received it? You heard about Jesus. See, that's what Paul did. He preached Jesus so clear, like as if he was here, do, doing for you what he did at the cross for you. And, and it was really, always says here, it was like Paul saying, what can you add to this? What can you add to what Jesus have done? Can your holiness and your goodness add to what Jesus done? No. Well, Jesus should be so clearly seen. And when you preach Jesus, there's faith for salvation. If you preach works, there's not. Yeah? And then he goes on here, verse 3, he says, Oh foolish Galatians, have you having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by what? Your performance? Your flesh. So now is God going to move in your life now because of how good you are, what you do in the flesh? Do you know what? If you needed the Holy Spirit to start. You need the Holy Spirit in your life every day, your life after that, if you want to be effective. Amen. Amen. When you preach Jesus, there's faith for salvation. But here's another thing there's faith for. Look at this. Verse 4. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if they be yet in vain? He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit, and look at this, and works what among you? Miracles. And what's miracles? Miracles where the power of God starts to come. Okay. Okay. How does the power of God happen in our lives? Does it happen because of how holy we are? Because of something we do in the flesh? No. Does it, do, he says here, does he, or does he, um, it by the works of the law or by the hearing of what? Faith? You know, how does faith come? It comes by hearing about what Jesus has done for you. When you hear about what Jesus has done for you, how many you know you have, you have faith for salvation? Amen. Amen? But you know what? If you hear what Jesus has done for you, you'll also have faith for miracles as well. Amen? Amen. What's it saying? It's saying stop trying to earn miracles. Stop trying to work for the power of God. And just be like Zerubbabel and say, Grace, grace. And watch the Holy Spirit move. Do you know How many of you need need the Holy Spirit moving in your life? Amen? Breakthroughs. Things we need changed. Things we need changed in our bodies. And things we need changed in our homes and families. Do you know what? It's not going to happen because of how holy we are. It's going to happen because we are good receivers of his grace. And look to Jesus every day. And not try to be Jesus in our life. But, be, but, but, but receive what he done for us. That's how you got saved. You could never be good enough to receive salvation. So even now, imagine now. Imagine if you had to be good enough even now. I would still cry out and say, God, do it because of Jesus. Don't do it because of me. I'm still not good enough. You're still not good enough. But we receive the greatest gift of all. And it's the same in our homes, our families, our businesses, our finances, with our kids, with problems, situations, mountains that come against us. Do you know what we should be saying every day? I receive grace. I receive from that river. I receive from that supply. I thank you for Jesus. Jesus, you did it. See, that's why Paul said to the Corinthian church, Jesus is made unto us. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and righteousness and redemption. It's all Jesus done it. Jesus done it. Jesus done it. Do you know that's grace? It's about living our lives. I receive what Jesus done for me. Amen? And do you know what? If Jesus does it, he gets the glory. And I have no problem with him getting the glory because he's going to get the glory anyway. Amen? We should give him the glory we want to. Do you know what? When he's good to you, you just want to serve him. You want to, you want to praise him. You want to magnify him. You want to serve him just because of who he is. But you know what? When He moves in your life and things happen that you know, God, I could never have moved that mountain. You did that, Lord, in my life. You know what? Does it just? It, you just, you just praise Him. Amen. Stay under grace, and the Holy Spirit will move in our lives. Amen. Amen. Praise God.